1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks, I'm your host Cain Pittman alongside my good friend Justin Garcia of the Bucks Radio Network. As the off-season, every time I start to think things are going to slow down, we just get random bunches of news and just little tidbits that are enough to to get me a little bit excited anyway as someone that talks about the Bucks on a literally a a daily basis, Justin, but uh, I think we should start. With the big news of the day, and we're going to touch on our favorite role players. By the way, there's been a little bit of a social media craze, and I, I think it's always an interesting thing to talk about when it comes to the Bucks because they've just had so many random uh, role players there. So we're going to get to that a little bit later on. Before we do, I, I should mention today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. But do you play
0: Madden, Justin, at all? I do. Yeah.
1: So, you, so you're someone that would would buy the game every year?
0: Uh, Okay, so I do buy the game every year. I did buy this year's game, but uh, I do the same thing. And this year's going to be a little different just because there's going to be an NFL season without an NBA season going on. Right. Uh, but I'll buy it every year. And this is not just Madden. This is every video game. I buy it. I play it maybe the day I buy it. And then uh, especially if it's a sport during basketball season, I mean, you know how it is. Yeah. You just get sucked into work and you don't have time. And even, you know, outside of that, I'll play a game maybe twice and then never play it again.
1: Yeah. So I'm kind of in the same boat. I used to buy 2K every single year and I've stopped that since probably, well, honestly, basically, since I started doing this media stuff because I I just ran out of time at night because I would normally play at night. Now at night, I'm doing this. Uh, I'm I'm watching other games. I'm writing whatever I'm doing. So I've stopped buying the game. Uh, Madden was kind of the same. I would buy Madden. I would enjoy playing that, particularly when I had housemates, when I was living with friends, um, playing Madden with them was was always pretty fun. We would do that after work. But the reason I bring this up, this isn't just like a random conversation about Madden. As as fun as the game is, there was a little tease today that it looks like there's going to be some sort of crossover action. I don't think we really know exactly what format it was going to be, but Madden, I guess the social media channels, released something today a little clip with Giannis taking a a, a pretty spectacular catch I gotta tell you he had the number 34 on we've seen Giannis before uh, which I always thought was kind of a little strange that he had his own custom Packers jersey like maybe he maybe he should have had I don't know I I just thought maybe he would have worn an Aaron Rodgers jersey or something like that but no he's he's got his own which is uh I guess that's what you do when you're a two-time MVP but it looks like Giannis is going to be on Mattis
0: yeah, a uh, crossover is coming to the yard was the tweet. And, uh, I mean, they could do a whole line here if they just did NBA players in Madden. Like, we've, we've long talked about LeBron as a tight end or linebacker in the NFL. It, I mean, the list goes on. Think about, like, Bam Adebayo playing uh, in the NFL and Jimmy Butler and some of the guys we're watching in the finals now. So I'd be curious to see if they just did that. Yeah,
1: there was, of course, the, the, in my opinion, the completely fake – New story that uh, likes to get pumped oh around that LeBron was about to sign with the Cowboys, even though the NBA season was going to start, which would have been in the middle of the NFL season anyway. So it's completely ridiculous to think that just he would have signed with the Cowboys. But, of course, uh, we've got to try and connect LeBron to Michael Jordan in every possible instance. So the thought of him going to play another uh, sport sounds pretty cool. And it it's something he could, uh, he could hang his hat on. But, listen, I, I would buy Madden if you could be Giannis. I think, I think that would be enough for me to buy the game. Someone that hasn't really played a PlayStation game in, in honestly maybe two or three years, I think that this might be enough for me to spend 100 bucks and get the game. Where would you even play him? Uh, well, you know, I can only go off the one highlight package I've seen on the social media tweet. So, hey, look, he looked like a pretty good receiver. I mean, he'd He's be gonna a outrage- Receiver, tight end... Who was, that, who was that receiver that, I mean, he was, it was you know, obviously it was a pretty um, problematic uh, ending to his career or certainly a problematic, he played for the Giants, uh, Plexico Barris, is that right? Yeah.
0: I mean, hey, <laughs> hey. It was a problematic
1: night at the nightclub. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I don't know the full details, so I don't want to say anything in case it's, uh, I don't really know what's going on with him in his life anymore. I know there was a gun involved there, I think. But uh, listen, tall guy, chuck it up in the end zone. I, you know i mean the way the nfl is going right now uh, they might need some replacement players in some of these teams and maybe uh maybe they will call up an nba player we don't know when the nba season's starting next year uh
0: yeah I'm, i mean that's the one thing that surprises me not to get way too off topic is that we don't see more and more of uh, screw it let's just find a six foot five like randy moss was what six four ish but mm. you don't see more of like let's just find a six foot five or six foot six guy that's relatively athletic maybe couldn't cut it doesn't have the chops to play in the nba but he's still an athlete and just throw it up to him
1: can i just say randy moss as much as i've been watching uh espn nfl coverage for years and years and years and years it still somehow shocks me when i hear him speak every single time
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> i just I, I don't expect the the southern accent the southern yeah i mean and randy moss is quickly becoming one of the best guys that they have on oh, he's show awesome. too
1: yeah, he's great. He's great. I actually do love uh, the the countdown show, I guess, which starts at about tw- uh, midnight on a Sunday for yeah, me. So, to see it. yeah, it's a little bit problematic uh, for me when I get stuck watching that. It typically means I'm going to have a pretty slow start to Monday. But yeah, man, I thought it was worth bringing up. Giannis, I think. Uh, listen, if him being in the game is enough for me to buy a-, a video game at this point in my life, when I haven't really played video games for an extended period of time, it probably. Gives you an idea that it's a strong marketing play.
0: So, what's the actual? What's what's the last video game you actually played?
1: Oh, it would have been Two K. I mean, I've never ever been someone that's played
0: uh, like um, you know, like shooting games or whatever. Like, I've 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 never played any of the RPGs or any of that. Like, I pretty much exclusively buy Madden, Two K, FIFA, and NHL, and that's it. Those are the only four games I play.
1: Yeah, exactly. I did actually um i liked uh mlb the show shout out to my oakland athletics by the way i know uh listen by the time people are listening to this hopefully they're still alive game four tomorrow is still in it i love it but i used to play mlb the show a little bit uh because i used to uh love playing road to the show and i would create yeah. myself and uh there. so yeah mlb the show nba 2k nfl they're really the only three games i've played i've got a friend that loves ufc like he's a ufc maniac and I played him a couple of times in that, but he knocked me out in the first 10 seconds of the first round every time. So I, I retired.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, even now, like I said, I, I seldom play. And when I do play, it's it's just, it has to feel like what parents feel like when they play their young kids in video games from just like, what has happened in the last five years that it's changed this much? And how have I gotten this bad at this? And am I old now? And especially if you play online against other people that it just, Every time I play, it drives me further and further away from ever playing video games again.
1: Yeah, I know. Certainly, a fair portion of our uh, listenership here with Locked on Bucks would definitely be 2K uh, players. And I was never someone that played online, but I would do like a season and I would actually try yeah. and make it realistic. Realistic. So, would yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I would try and like run plays and, you know, <laughs> set uh, Chris Milton up on a curl and, and that kind of stuff. I would try and. I would try and make it realistic, and have the stats uh, looking pretty good there. Maybe a little bit of bias for uh, my guy Andrew Boger Back in the day, I'd get him twenty-five points a night, but uh, outside of that, uh, yeah, I can't say I'm a big gamer. But I, I'm sure the one question I would ask our listeners is: Who has been your favorite? And maybe it's simple. Maybe right now it's Giannis because he's almost unstoppable in those games. But who's been your favorite Bucks player to play on two K? Because there's always random guys that you can use i remember one of the first video games i got was like nba live 06 or 0, yeah 06 and it was so bogus was obviously um you know just coming to the league and some of the random players they had on their team but i used to love uh, shooting threes with tony kukoc uh, a couple of years after that yuri welsh you talk about a random yeah. role play yeah. yuri Walsh i was banging threes with him off the bench so there's always like random players that you get a really good feel for their shot and you're able to use. So uh, for the listeners, please hit us up at Locked on Bucks. Who's been your favorite Bucks role player to use on video games? But did you have a team or a player that um, you, you enjoyed?
0: Yes. So, well, it seemed like it wasn't like that for the Bucks, that they didn't really have a lot of those guys for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Uh, but the one that stands out to me the most, that I could, for whatever reason, I played much better than he was in real life, yeah. and I could hit everything with him was Carlos Delfino.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well he actually had a really um and he kind of did in life as well, in real life as well. His his shot was actually very um like it was a very straightforward release. Like it was just a very clean uh shooting stroke. So I remember playing with him on the game as well. It was kind of easy to time because it was uh it was kind of slow uh
0: and yeah yeah easy to figure out so Uh, Delfino yeah, I remember uh, that, that team in particular was not a fun one to play with, as has been the case with most Bucks teams in video games, um, because John Salmons is not a good video game mm. player and not fun to try and time the shot. Brandon Jennings was very erratic that everything, I mean, Luke Balmute had no offense in the game either, mm. so it basically was Andrew Bogut in the post and Carlos Delfino taking shots. Wow, what memories. All right, let's
1: talk rock auto now, Justin. I was actually just driving home. Before we started recording this podcast, I saw a car on the side of the road. The guy kind of, yeah, had the hood up. He was looking under the, under the bonnet there trying to figure out what was going on. And I almost pulled over and said, listen, Paul, just go to rockauto.com and they will sort you out because we know uh, that this is the family business that have been serving auto parts customers online. They've been doing it for 20 years, which is, I mean, this is an extended period of time and they've got everything. They've got the engine control modules and brake parts, and tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet because whether it's for your classic or just the daily driver like that, that old mate over there, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, which is really perfect for the time we are in right now. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now. To see those parts that are available for your car or truck, right? Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know you came from us. Amazing selection, lovely low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And it was funny, actually. I, I thought about bringing this up because... Today, and you know, we go through these stretches on social media where the social media teams will yeah, all jump on each other. So, one trend will come, everyone else will start posting it. And today, it was like, Name a random fox player. And I quote tweeted this and I said, Roy Hibbert. Now, the reason why I love that one, because I had a couple of people tweet back at me and say, What about Sam Decker? And first of all, Obviously, I'm not from Wisconsin, so I, I don't really care about Sam Decker. No offense to Sam if he's listening to the podcast. Uh, you know, great career in Wisconsin. Good on you. But uh, I do not have any really attachment to him. And also, he was never actually in a Bucks uniform. So there's one photo of Roy Hibbert that circulates on the internet a little bit. He's shooting a free throw with the Bucks warm-ups on. And so... You know, I mean, there would be a high percentage of NBA fans, I think, that would be like, Roy Hibbert was on the Bucks. What are you right. talking about? I didn't even know that that was a thing. So that's why I always laugh about Roy Hibbert, who, you know, by the way, at that point was basically washed up and, and basically uh, out of the league, far from the dominant force of the paces. But Roy Hibbert always makes me laugh.
0: Who, who have you got? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I could go on for. Yeah, exactly. For- yeah. for hours here um i you know most of those teams so when i first started really getting into basketball was um in the very early 90s and the bucks as we will point out many a year here were not good so uh, i quickly adopted other teams and i uh, loved charles barkley uh, and became a huge phoenix suns fan but i would still go to bucks games at the bradley center and these were the years with Uh, like Blue Edwards and Lee Mayberry and Eric Murdoch. But I can still remember a handful of guys on those teams where you think back, and it's kind of the same thing of these guys played for the Buck. Like um, Danny Shays, I remember him. (laughs) I remember, obviously, Brad Lojas and uh, having Brad Lojas cards and Brad Lojas on NBA Jam, I believe. Exactly. Uh, John Barry years from there, I remember. Uh, as we moved through the 90s, and it seems like the 90s, mid-90s, and early 2000s are where some of these guys really uh, stick out to me. I think one of the random, most random, this guy was one of my favorite players to ever play for the Bucks for a reason I can't even explain was uh, Brian Skinner. I don't know <laughs> why, but Brian Skinner, I just loved everything about him.
1: That's incredible. Brian Skinner, I wouldn't have gone with that. I, this guy was is not really under the radar uh, at all, to be honest, because he was actually just a, a really solid NBA player. But uh, Scally, I'm not sure if Scally listens to Locked On Bucks, but I know he's an Australian and uh, we interact a little bit on Twitter. But he uh, actually tweeted out and said, uh, Luke Ridnow. Now, yeah. uh, Luke Ridnow, as i said, I mean, the guy played 830 NBA games and averaged 12.9 points per game so listen he, he had a really really good career well that's actually per 36 12 points per game so let me just uh settle down there for Luke Ridnow. still shout out to you you had a good career my friend but uh the 2009-2010 season we know was pretty memorable for the Bucs even though yeah I mean as far as Bucks fans go it was a pretty memorable season and Luke Ridnow, uh that game played 21 minutes per night got you double digit score and four assists but per thirty six, he was averaging eighteen points, six point six assists, thirty eight percent from three. Uh, didn't start a game, but geez, he was just solid. He was just such a solid player. And and I always, you know, the Bucs teams back then, you know, they were scrapping. They were scrapping, obviously, uh, trying to to make the playoffs and make a bit of a run there. But he was just a guy that you could just rely on every single night. Uh, you felt that in any big moment, you were comfortable with him being out on the floor. And I remember we did the podcast with Andrew Bogut uh, back before the start of this season, so I guess about a year ago now. And I remember him saying specifically that he was really pissed off that they didn't bring him back. And if you remember... The year after that, and I was looking up the year after that because uh, Frank Madden, we know, I mean, geez, he's not with us tonight because I think he's just bathing in all these uh, uh, yeah. gifts that he's got from Rocky Rococo. Shout out to Rockies, by the way, for jumping on board the podcast and looking after our great friend 10 years after the first tweet that Frank sent uh, about Rockies. <laughs> but Bogut was really pissed off because uh, they let a guy like Luke Ridnow go. I think he ended up getting, a, it was like a four-year, $32 million deal off the top of my head to Minnesota, uh, and, and and Bogut was really pissed off about that, and rightly so, because that was the year that obviously they paid up big time for John Salmons, who was never, ever, ever going to be able to play to the level he did at the end of that season. Uh, they signed Corey McGetty, which was the disaster, and they gave a huge deal to Drew Gooden. So you can see why this Bucks team went from a team that was super competitive, looked like they were coming into the season about to to have a real, you know, a, a decent run, potentially win a playoff series, and it all fell apart. And Bogut, you know, whether you know how much this is this is truly accurate, but he said that losing a guy like Luke uh, in the locker room was such a veteran and such a leader was was such a huge part of that
0: team dropping off. Uh, Luke Ridenauer, and it was just a couple of years later. What like it was the same draft as Giannis, wasn't it? Where the poor man's version of Luke Reddenauer that everybody uh, seemed to adopt. Nate Walters is another guy you could put in that list of random bucks that you loved for whatever reason. Uh, he was definitely there. I'm, you know, Royal Ivy is another one that again, I don't know why I liked these players so much, but I did. And unfortunately, it was the best that we had at the time. But Royal Ivy's another guy that's on that list for me. And I mean, geez, now I pull up some of these rosters on basketball reference and you look through and you vividly remember these guys. You remember the names, you remember some games specifically, and then you look at the year that corresponds and you see what the Bucks record was. And you think to yourself, oh, yep, yeah, that, that makes sense that they won 31 games that year. And this was their roster of 15 guys. Well, shout out, first of all, to the listeners that have been watching the Bucs for a
1: long, long time. And I know I'm speaking... You know, with some of the, the more modern teams, I know we do have some younger listeners as well that will be familiar with some of these players uh, that we're talking about here. But another guy that uh, I, I was really, really upset when this player went down with a knee injury and you'll say, well, wow, that's, that's kind of shocking that you were so upset about that considering he was averaging 4.2 points and 3.1 assists in just 14.9 minutes per game. He played 28 games for the Bucks, had three starts during the 2014-2015 season. Kendall Marshall. Kendall oh, yeah. Marshall, he was yeah. only twenty three at the time. Uh, played like a like an old school point guard. Geez, he, he could just pass the ball. He was a beautiful passer. It was beautiful, and he knocked down uh, the threes as well. Thirty nine percent from three in the season. Kendall Marshall, I thought was yeah. I mean, we're talking two thousand fourteen, fifteen. So yeah, it's kind of kind of dire times for the Bucs. But geez, he was uh, he was fun. He
0: was fun to watch. He was fun, um, and, and boy, it seems like. When he went down to injury it it seems like because that was right around the trade deadline. I believe it was maybe it was in January, but there was a couple of years in a row or a stretch of like probably two out of three years or so when there was a point guard issue, whether it was an in- injury or trade, and the buck season looked a lot differently after that, and he was uh, definitely one of them, and he's probably most well known for his uh, friendship with john Henson and their affinity for FIFA and soccer because that was also the year when they played the London game
1: yeah for sure exactly yeah he had he had a couple of nice games uh, just three games before he tore his ACL actually he uh, had uh, six points and nine assists in just 19 minutes against Minnesota the Bucks won that game so shout out to to Kendall Marshall another guy while we're just rattling off the point guards another guy that's on 2k that I, I enjoyed playing with for some reason Keon Dooling I could always I could always figure out his shot. And for some reason, when I was playing 2K, dueling, was always a guy that would have, you know, like 12 points on four or five shooting from three. I always liked bringing him off the bench.
0: You know, for me, it's uh, – I mean, we can go through these individual players as I already put Brian Skinner out there. And I believe Brian Skinner had two tours of duty with the Bucks too. Um, <laughs> Sounds <but about> right. <laughs> to me, the stretch from probably 2002 – through about 2006 is where the Bucs were not good, but those are the most memorable teams outside of the last two years, outside of the last five when I began working for the team, but outside the last two specifically and the 2010 fear of the deer year, those to me are the most memorable years. I have no idea why, but that's when I probably just really, really doubled down and just completely threw myself uh, into the Bucs. And I mean, I can rattle off most of the roster from those teams, but I think back to some of the names like Brian Skinner that I was very, uh, very much attached to. Daniel Santiago, I've referenced on this <laughs> podcast before. I love Joe Smith, and when well, Joe I was Smith in college, was great, yeah, when I was in college, we uh, kept hounding Dan Smitech to try and give us a Bucks guest when I was in lacrosse because we would routinely talk about them. And we got Joe Smith to come on the show on this tiny lacrosse radio station. Joe Smith called in and did an interview with us. You mentioned Tony Kukoc. I mean, that was, I guess, the ultimate irony is Glenn Robinson will forever be my favorite buck um, of all time just because of that's when I was first getting into basketball, and that was my guy. And so I was so upset when they traded him for Tony Kukoc and swore I would hate Tony Kukoc for that reason but ended up loving Tony Kukoc and he became one of my best or favorite Bucks players of all time. Damon Jones, uh, Eric Strickland, I've mentioned on this podcast before this, this entire roster. As I look at the 2003, 2004 team, like, yep, I vividly remember all of these guys and most of these games.
1: Uh, we could keep going. I mean, this is peak off season content right now. I'll wrap it up with one more guy. And I've spoke about him before as well. Uh, kind of reminds me of Joe Smith a little bit uh, just in the kind of veteran big man role that he played but Kurt Thomas on those 2009 yeah. at that 2009 2010 team was was huge and remember he started the playoff games he was starting yeah. because Bogut went down he Bogut was about was 30, he was about 38 years old and he was terrific he was terrific he was He's, absolutely he was great
0: yeah great at that elbow shot and yep. just the veteran that you needed uh, i'll say this too there are two guys that i vividly remember because I bought all the stock on them and thought they were going to be incredible. And it just never worked out here. Gerald Honeycutt, when they made the trade with the 76ers to bring him in, uh, I was all in on Gerald Honeycutt. And then a couple of years later, Flip Murray, who was eventually he was in the Ray Allen deal. Um, that was another guy. And then I was like, man, this guy is going to be good. And it just never happened in Milwaukee, which we'll come to find out as we go through all these names. And as the listeners come up with their own too, you'll start to rattle them off and think, oh, well, yeah, that guy was pretty good elsewhere. It just didn't work out here.
1: Time to talk about Built Bar now. I mentioned on yesterday's show that uh, I, was, I was running low on energy, so I had to get stuck into the Built Bar. It got me through the day. I snuck a little bit of exercise in in the afternoon. It's raining here today, so I'll probably try and do something indoor, but I'll still be having the Built Bar because it is the best-tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, let's be honest about this. They've got 18 amazing flavors, six brand new, including cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, And then the 12 original flavors that uh, they have coconut almond in there, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie. I could keep going on here. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat that's low-calorie, low-sugar, and high-protein. The deal we've got for you is pretty easy to cash in on. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $10 off at BillBard.com. All right, let's get back on track here. Before we wrap this up, a couple of quick topics to hit here. George Hill wins the NBA Cares Community Assist Award. Uh, I, I think this is great because George Hill has been such a leader in the community, not only... In Milwaukee, I know he was uh, very quick to donate to the Bucks Relief Fund to help out FISO Forum employees. He also did such great work in San Antonio prior to the team coming back together, and and I'm sure um, he's doing stuff back there again uh, now in terms of uh, donating meals. He was doing that to frontline workers there for a while, uh, going back to sort of April, May, uh, June through that period, and also the prison visit that the Bucs had earlier in the season, he was a key instigator and leader uh, with that as well. And I know uh, we got a chance to speak to him about that a little bit, but George Hill, uh, fantastic guy, a fantastic leader in the community. And, and this is cool. This is cool. And this is, you know, again, when we talk about this Bucks team and, and why, you know, it's been so disappointing that they haven't been able to get over the hump and potentially there might be some changes coming up. I think a big part of that is because, these guys are so cool and we all want them to win and we wanted them to win together. We know how close they are and the stuff that they've done in the community. And so, you know, while they, they didn't uh, progress through the playoffs, this was just another, another nice little nod to those guys and the, and the things they've been able to do. And in particular, George.
0: Yeah. Um, and we've talked about him and, uh, Sterling Brown and yeah. their impact on the team and in the locker room and really being the catalysts for what we saw, um, with the Bucks protesting that game and Sterling Brown, by the way, uh, now I can't, I, I don't know what the official title was Yet. or what it's, what the NBA is calling it either. But Sterling Brown is one of the three players that was, uh, named to that, um, social leadership. Uh, is that social sort of, leadership? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just speaks to those two guys specifically what we've, you know, obviously known for the last, few years with sterling and in the last two years with george hill and you you hear their teammates talk about it and we certainly saw it in the bubble and we see it daily with this team when we're back in normal times and around them but uh yeah it's no surprise to see that, that honor for both of these guys
1: no it's fantastic and last one here before we go the box uh, i guess some of the the betting odds for the 2021 season whenever the hell that starts have come out today and the Bucks are the favorite to get out of the east I can't believe this. I don't know. I don't know who who made these odds. You got to give. Hey, you, you got to give the gamblers something to put some money down on. No one's betting on the box if they're
0: the right. favorite to get out of the Easter right Now, come on. So I told you this, but when you saw that, what was your initial your, your initial reaction? Did you think this was a year old? Like, there's no way this is for this year, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, listen. We've spoke about the fact that uh, there's so much uncertainty. Uh, with what actually went on this year. We can speak about it. And, and sure, it probably sounds like sour grapes. But, you know, the bubble situation was so unique. Who knows what would have happened if the Bucs were playing playoffs at 5 Forum. Who knows what's going to happen next year when they are back at home. But given the uncertainty with the roster, given that it was the second year uh, that they failed in the, in the playoffs in you know, relatively similar ways, I was very shocked. I mean, I, I, I would have thought that they would have been behind Miami, Boston. Brooklyn. I would have thought Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if they were the fifth favorite to get out of the East. So, yeah, it was, it was shocking to me. I was surprised.
0: Yeah, I, I saw it and was shocked and thought, this has to be a story from last year. And then saw, nope, sure enough, it is for this year. And I guess the only thing I can think of is, you know, I think the last time I was on here, we talked about, I don't really know what to expect going into next year. And while we talked about all the things the Bucks do need to address – part of you kind of wonders if we're going to see most of the same group run back because not just the bucks, but other teams could point to this was just a weird experience in the bubble and look at how Miami looked like world beaters against the bucks and they still look good, but it doesn't look like the same team that systematically picked apart the bucks in what should have been a sweep. So maybe the Genesis of this is more teams to look at that and say, if we try this again and we basically just say last year was a wash and we have the benefit of home court, maybe things look differently. And in that case, if you're assuming that teams are playing in their home arenas and there are fans and the Bucks keep most of the same group together, I know Kevin Durant and Kyrie are going to be there in Brooklyn and there will be, you would anticipate some other changes, probably in Philadelphia and Boston and potentially Miami and Toronto. But if you keep that group together, what we've seen the last two years is if nothing else, they'll be towards the top, if not the top team in the conference in the regular season. So I, I guess there is some merit to it. I was still stunned to see it.
1: Listen, if they sign Giannis to a five-year supermax and decide to run it back next year, then I'll, I'll applaud them. I'll shake their hand. Or I'll give them an elbow tap or whatever people do these days and say, listen, okay, I'll, I'll relax a little bit. If they don't, then uh, that changes things a little bit. So I guess we'll wait and see. But either way, not that the betting odds really mean a lot. Uh, But it's news right now and it's, uh, you know, it's funny to think back a couple of years ago, the Bucks would never ever be betting favourites to win anything, let alone uh, get out of the East. So I guess it's it's still a little strange and perhaps and maybe we are a little bit pessimistic at times uh, about this team. We look at them pretty closely, speak about them every day and obviously I want them to do really well. But hey, I said at the start it might be the off season but there's always little tidbits there's always little bits of news to keep us rolling and uh, as i always say to you before we start recording this will be a short show and here we are 30 plus minutes uh, gone rambling on about random bucks players but uh, like i said give us your not only don't just give us your favorite bucks role players but but tell us why is it because you played them with two K? Is it because you were at some sort of game, and I don't know, you met them at a at a restaurant or something like that? But let us know at Locked On Bucks because it's always fun to hear those stories. And Justin, appreciate you as always. Anytime. We will be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. If I can uh, drag Frank away from the Rocky Rococo sauce, I will do that, and he will be here with me. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Big week for him. He's excited, uh, of course. Of course, uh, go A's tomorrow. By by the time you're listening, hopefully we've got a game five uh, to go on to there. America's team, they're playing the Astros. Come on, everyone has to be a fan of Oakland right now. But uh, we will be back tomorrow. I'll speak to you guys then. Stay safe. Take it easy.